this morning to have 22 people plus all of the staff and every attorney march into court, be waiting as if it's some kind of game. I honestly, I have never experienced a level of unprofessionalism in my career. Yeah, there are dressing downs that occur, and then there is that one, uh, as you had the judge in the Nichols Cruz sentencing trial dress down the defense attorney after she rested the defense's case abruptly, surprisingly. And wow, what a fiasco this has been, straight from jury selection, which, if you recall, was something else, just trying to get the jury together. To get to this point, what's going on here? And how unusual is all this? Somebody who knows a thing or two, star South Florida criminal defense attorney, Mark Iglarsh. Speak to Mark.com, his website. Mark, is this as outrageous as the judge made it seem? I don't think so. Listen, if, if you're not getting a judge giving you a tongue lashing every now and then, then you don't go to court, okay? I just finished a week-long murder trial and I'm sure I butted with heads with the judge probably about a half a dozen times. The good news is most judges, including this one, they don't do it in front of the jury because that would be unfair. Uh, so they're doing it when they're not there. It doesn't adversely affect the defendant. So really, who cares? Okay, that is a really instructive takeaway. And, you know, from your observations of the proceedings here, how has the performance of this defense attorney, Ben, has she been representing her, her client effectively? The answer is yes. Look, they knew that this was all about life or death, and they looked into his life extensively, and they put forth the things that the state cannot refute. And by that, I mean it is a fact that Nicholas Cruz came from a mother who was a prostitute who was using crack and alcohol while he was inside of her you know, he suffered fetal um, alcohol syndrome, whatever they came up with. And the truth of the matter is the kid never really did have um, a shot at life, um, a normal life. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that should spare his life. It's just a mitigator. It's something that goes on one side of the scale. And on the other side of the scale is the horrific, abhorrent act that he did that was heinous, atrocious, and cruel, that was, you know, cold, calculated, and premeditated, that involved many, many, many victims, and he destroyed many lives. All of it gets balanced, and then they determine whether he should get the ultimate sanction or not. You know, Mark, I was going to go down a different path, but you just opened up something that crossed my mind when I heard the whole IQ piece being brought up and the fetal alcohol syndrome, that whole deal. Mm-hmm. We, we hear that he is a well below average IQ individual. Um, mm-hmm. Yet the way that he was able to mastermind the horrific yes. attack, I mean, mm-hmm. th- there was, that seems really intelligent, albeit mm-hmm. evil, in the way that mm-hmm. he was able to piece that thing together and carry it out. How do, what do you make yeah. of that? I, I think that your view is one that will be shared with many, if not all, the jurors. You know, it it was very sophisticated. It was very cold and it was very calculated. And it does require a certain mindset. And the defense isn't suggesting otherwise. I think that they're saying that, you know, he's guilty. He did everything that you're hearing, 
But here's why, and they're focused on the mitigators. That's why he pled guilty. And in closing argument, they're going to say, look, our hearts go out to the victims. What he did was horrific. It was horrible. It was everything that you've had heard. However, death is reserved for the ultimate, ultimate case, and we don't believe that this is that case. And you might have 12 people who very much disagree with the defense. Have you been able to read the tea leaves at all with this jury to see if there is somebody on it that's not on board with the death penalty? No, but I'm reading the defense. And I know if they still had 40 more witnesses and they thought that they would get value out of those witnesses, and if, if they didn't think that they were ahead, then they would call those witnesses. So what I believe is that they're continuing to work for Nicholas Cruz's best interest, and they believed that that from, from reading the jurors, maybe just one, because that's all it takes. You right. know, if one says that they, he should live, then he lived. Maybe they just have that feeling, and they feel like they're ahead, and, and they're going to stop now. Listen, trial lawyers, we have to make calculated decisions all the time, and you live with those decisions. What then do you think was the, the motivating factor by the judge to handle this the way she did do you i mean do you think she's trying to gain attention out of this or just a bad moment for her okay so here's my take on it and i i don't know the direct answer is nobody knows only the judge knows but here's what we learned number one her reaction was very emotional right and she said you've been disrespecting me the entire whatever word she used but it's yeah. an ongoing thing so they've been butting heads right so it's, it's long-standing, right? So this was like almost the final straw. Secondly, you know, it is kind of unprofessional, if you can avoid it, to tell a judge at the last minute, okay, we're done. And then like, wait, you wasted so much time. I get where the judge is coming from. The defense, however, has no obligation legally to tell the judge or anybody what their strategy is. And maybe right. there's reasons why they chose not to do it. But here's the bottom line. When the defense tried to explain, the judge cut her off and said, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Well, so we never know. We don't understand what her thought process was. Maybe she intended to call witnesses at the 11th hour. Some were unavailable, and they just said, okay, we're done. There might have been an explanation that made this not the most unprofessional conduct, as the judge alleged. And here's the, the next kind of connecting piece that came to mind, especially based on your, your feedback here, that the defense attorney has received perhaps a, a raw uh you know a uh, deal from from the judge this is being say that i didn't well, say that i didn't say those words but keep uh, going you didn't but okay uh but but perhaps it was uncalled for her reaction um so i, I didn't even i didn't even say that you I, didn't there's i didn't there's i'd like i'd like my judges to be a little bit more even keeled i'd like yep. my judges to give defense lawyers an opportunity to explain particularly when the entire world media is watching let yep. the defense lawyer have access to the record and explain why she did what she did so yes i take exception to that but i i can understand the judge's frustration as well okay is there potentially recourse for an attorney in a circumstance like this if a judge maybe has, in a public way, put something out there that could harm them going forward? Probably not. No, and we're, and we're thick-skinned big boys and girls, and we know going into a trial that you're going to be butting heads with the judge, most likely, um, particularly in a high-profile case like this. These public defenders are trained, skilled veterans. They know what they're getting into, and they've been butting heads you know, for, for months. And I admire them 
because listen, all those who want to see crews die, it has to go through a pro they have to go through a process and that involves having competent, zealous counsel by his side. So you need these public defenders. You know, you need me on this wall. You need <laughs> those public defenders by his side. And someone's got to do it. And most don't want to. So I give yeah. them credit for being there and taking, you know, what's being dished out by the public, by the media, by everybody. They're not condoning his actions. They're right. there just to present mitigators. That's their job. Now, in the grand scheme of, of cases that come before you, having to take up, you know, for, for crews, I'm sure it's not at the top of anybody's wish list. Um, so I know trying to figure out what a jury's going to do and when is, you know, not not a, a very successful exercise in many cases. But do you no, have any expectations knows, for what, who, who where knows? this thing goes? No, here's the problem. No one knows who those jurors are. No one knows who anybody is. They, you only know, I only know about you, Brian, from what you allow us to see. I don't know what's really inside of your head. No one does. You don't know what's in my side, in, in my head. Certainly you don't know what jurors are really thinking during jury selection. You're going by what they're giving. So you don't know anything really deep down inside. You don't really know about these jurors. So then how does anyone with any degree of accuracy know how they're going to respond to fetal alcohol syndrome and how that's going to be balanced against the, the atrocities that this kid created, you know, who the hell knows? Is this one that deals where the longer the jury deliberating uh, would take place, the, the better an indication it is for the defense? Not necessarily. Who knows? They're going to give this a lot of time because they know the world is watching. So there'll be at least one out of the 12, if not most, who say, let's take our time. Because the last thing we want is anyone to say that we didn't give this the respect and the time that it deserves. So they're going to be, they're not going to make a quick decision. Got it. Okay. Well, that's, that's good insight. Uh, Mark, I, I may not know what's in your head, but I know what's on your head. You got good hair. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's all about the gel and genetics. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate the insight. Till next time. Take care. All right. That is Mark Iglar, Shakar Corsa star, South Florida criminal defense attorney and uh, speak to Mark. Dot com is his website. Be right back here. Natalie Trending Story, Prime Mud Show, News Radio 610, WIOD. From smartphones. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.